Chapter 11 of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. Overtaken by Darkness. It must have been a long time after the noon hour when Stephan did as he had promised called a halt in order that they might eat their lunch and take a rest as the cold was still with them though the snow had thus far amounted to but little stephan insisted on starting a small fire at which they could sit and be comfortable while they devoured the food provided for the midday meal you make a fire as quick as the next one stephan admitted tad really meaning what he said and at the same time wishing to raise the drooping spirits of his hunting mate who was feeling very sore over the loss of his game oh i don't pretend to know much about starting a blaze in half a dozen styles the way giraffes got it down pat observed the other smiling a little but if you pin me down to going at it the easiest way with matches and dead pine cones why i'm there every time and say it does feel some handy don't it tad they sat there and chatted for quite a long time after they had consumed the last morsel of food and during that resting spell stephan picked up many a crumb of useful knowledge concerning the ways of the woods tad did not know all that alan hollister had learned through practical experience but he had made the most of his opportunities when belonging to that other troop of scouts and never forgot what he learned let's be going on again remarked stephan finally scrambling to his feet and picking up his little rifle with a new eagerness be like another spell of it eh asked the patrol leader following suit that's what i do replied the other nothing like a rest and a bite when you're pretty near played out i'm feeling fine and dandy again and ready for several hours hard tramping but something just seems to tell me we'll never again have such a chance to get a six-pronged buck as that and to think how it should have been just what the boys were telling me to knock over i wonder now what asked tad as his chum came to a sudden stop Perhaps you'll say I'm silly if I tell you, but anyhow, here goes, Ted. It just struck me all of a sudden that we might go back to where we lost our deer and do a little trailing on our own account. Them three fellers wouldn't bother trying to hide their tracks, and chances are they've gone into camp to eat some of that venison by this time, if not sooner. Tad smiled. He could not help it upon hearing Stephan talk in this strain for only too plainly did he remember how white the other had been and how even his voice trembled when he spoke while facing those three poachers and after we've managed to track them to their camp what then he demanded step hen looked wonderfully brave as he instantly replied why we might catch em off their guard and hold em up that deer belongs to me and i'd just like to have it the worst kind especially that head with the six-pronged antlers on it but if you thought that proposition a little too risky tad why we might conclude to wait around keeping under cover till it got plumb dark then we could carry off as much of the buck as we could tote including the head and them fellers not be any the wiser for it till it was too late to follow us how's that tad nearly had his breath taken away by the boldness of step hen's astonishing proposals he looked at the other and a smile spread completely across his face then he puckered up his lips and gave a little whistle that somehow caused stephan to turn a bit red in the face phew ejaculated tad i never before suspected what a fire-eater you could be stephan why nothing phases you nowadays 
I believe you'd be ready to snap your fingers in the faces of a dozen of the worst rascals that ever hid up here in the piney woods of Maine. But I'm afraid that's too risky a job for me to back up as the leader of the patrol. I feel the burden of responsibility too much to allow it. What could I say to your father and mother if there was no step hen to answer to the roll call when we mustered out after this main hunt? So, on the whole, step hen, much as I hate to disappoint you, I'm afraid I'll have to put a damper on your scheme. Oh, all right, Tad, quickly remarked the other with an evident vein of relief in his voice. I was only telling you what came into my head. You see, that's the way with me. I'm always having these brilliant plans, though my own good sense won't let me try to carry them out. So we'll just continue our old hunt and hope another buck may heave in sight. But if one does, please let fly the same time I shoot, Tad, because we hadn't ought to take any chances of his getting away. You will, won't you, Tad? Why, yes, I think I'm entitled to a shot by now, Step Hen, replied the other, seeing that I held back purposely so as to let you have all the glory of getting that first prize. But as you say, we need venison, and the next time we'll shoot together so as to make sure. Good, then let's be moving, Tad. Since Step Hen was so set upon doing everything in their power to retrieve the misfortune that had come upon them earlier in the day by means of which they had lost the first deer, Tad meant to try his level best in order to run across another like prize. Whenever he saw a piece of ground that looked more than ordinarily promising, he would head that way, regardless of distance or direction. Little Tad cared as to whether they were able to return to camp that night or not. He had spent too many nights in the open not to feel certain that he could manage to be at least fairly comfortable. And then, too, Tad had the hunter's instinct pretty fully developed and thought little of fatigue when pursuing his favorite sport. They kept moving in this way until the afternoon began to be pretty well spent. Tad would not think of offering again to head toward the camp on the shore of the lake so long as Stephan made no complaint. He could not afford to be outdone by a tenderfoot, and he the patrol leader at that. Indeed, the gray of evening had commenced to spread around them when, with no more warning than before, they came upon a second buck that had possibly been lying down in the bushes. The deer sprang away like lightning, and perhaps it was just as well that Stephan had asked his companion to shoot with him, for the flitting buck made rather a difficult target to hit in that poor light. So close together did the two lads fire that the reports blended, though the louder bang of the smooth bore partly drowned the sharper report of the little repeating rifle. Tad started to run forward, holding his gun in readiness for a second discharge if such were needed. Stephan trailed along after him, working desperately with his pump gun, and like most excitable greenhorns, trying every which way to work the simple mechanism but the right way, in his eagerness to get the weapon in serviceable condition again. Oh, did we get him, Tad? he cried, for possibly the smoke of the double discharge had interfered with his vision, and he did not know whether the deer had dropped or sped unharmed out of sight, even before the alert Tad could give him the contents of his second barrel. Looks like we'll have venison for supper tonight anyway, laughed Tad. And then Step Hen, looking more closely ahead, saw a slight movement on the ground, which he realized must be the last expiring kick of their quarry. His spirits arose at once, and he gave a wild whoop of joy. Bully! Bully! he exclaimed, as he still ran forward after his chum. We did get him all right, didn't we, Tad? And I'd just like to see any woods thief try to hook this deer away from us. Don't you let him do it, Tad, will you, even if we have to fight for it? 
don't worry said tad as they came to a halt over the fallen buck we're not going to have any trouble not from that source anyway if step hen had been less excited he might have noticed that the words of his companion seemed to admit of their having trouble of another kind but just then the tenderfoot was too much wrapped up in other things oh that's too bad tad he remarked what is asked the other both of us hit him all right for there's the place your bullet went in and these smaller holes show where my buckshot struck but look at his antlers would you tad the other went on why this is only a two-year-old i sure reckon because he's only got two prongs on his horns well so much the better for us when we start to eat em chuckled tad because the meat'll be just that much more tender you see then let's get busy and cut em up tad step hen went on seems to me night's coming right along down on us and the chances are we'll be awful late getting back to camp what tad really thought he did not take the trouble to mention but no doubt he had long before then made up his mind that they would never make camp that evening for he felt that step hen must be nearly all in he did start to work however and with the other to assist in various ways managed to get the deer cut up after a fashion the meat they expected to carry with them together with the head which step hen would not think of leaving behind was made up into two packs so that each of them might carry a fair portion by that time it was pitch dark indeed step hen had to kindle another little fire of dry pine cones in order that the operation of getting the meat secured might be brought to a finish wow just look how dark it is exclaimed step hen when finally tad announced that he was ready to go on after getting his bearings which he did easily by sighting the north star the clouds having very conveniently disappeared and all present danger of a heavy snowfall vanishing with their going step hen was rather slow and clumsy about getting his load fashioned and tad had to assist him he knew full well what was the matter the other was really dead tired and could hardly put one foot before the other without a great effort he had been artificially kept up by the excitement until the game was secured and now the reaction was setting in they had been slowly moving along for about ten minutes when from a little distance away there broke out a strange sound that heard under those peculiar conditions struck step hen as more blood-curdling than he had ever thought it before when sitting safely in a camp beside a cozy fire and surrounded by comrades it was that same long-drawn howl of the canada gray wolf and as he listened to a second answering cry from another quarter somehow step hen found himself shuddering End of chapter eleven